0: What is going on, FSU fans? I'm Kyle Wright. This is the Know It All podcast, coming at you live from the studio here in uh, my spare bedroom in Mariana, Florida. Happy to be with you guys today, flying solo for this recording, uh, which was which is fine, kind of to be expected. That's the whole reason I started this. That's that was the plan going into this was to do it by myself. Always open to have guests on the podcast, but you know sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And I'm down to do it by myself, so a little bit more preparation went into today's episode so that I could just kind of read off some of my notes that I got. Um, If you didn't know, uh, last uh, episode we took a look at the first six games of the regular season. and this episode, we're going to look at the back half of the schedule. That includes versus Duke, at Wake, at Pitt, versus Miami, versus North Alabama, and then ending the season in the armpit of Florida there in the swamp in Gainesville. I'm also going to be giving my predictions, or not my predictions, my feelings for FSU's floor and FSU's ceiling for the 2023 season. And going to be ending it with my true, like from the heart record prediction and how FSU will end the season. Um, So August next month uh, will be obviously the last episode before the season starts. And that'll be me just taking one final look by myself here at the FSU depth chart uh, predicted, you know, the predicted depth chart at least going into the season and maybe even predicting some individual stats, maybe some award winners for FSU and maybe even taking a look at the national level, maybe predicting some, uh, some stuff there as well. Um, Also want to bring up quick note real quick, going to Disney, uh, taking, taking my oldest son to Disney the week of the Southern Miss game. Um, I expect FSU to roll in that game. Um, but, yeah, just just something to maybe keep your eyes out for. I don't know if I will be able to record after that game. Uh, looking to either buy or borrow a laptop so that I can record remotely from Orlando. Um, otherwise, I'm, I honestly just might not do an episode that week. Again, I expect FSU to kind of roll in that game. Uh Obviously, you know, I, I brought it up in the last episode. We we struggled defending the run last season. They do have Frank Gore Jr., so it could be a little bit more difficult than we think. But I, I just I expect FSU to be a lot more prepared this season than they were last season for certain opponents. And as you continue to grow and get better, that's uh just what's what it's gonna be like. Um so without further ado, let's get into the back half of the schedule. All right, so Game number seven versus Duke in Tallahassee. Uh, Duke was nine and four last year. They ended the season with a Military Bowl victory over UCF. Uh, Mike Elko was the ACC Coach of the Year. A lot of people thought it should have been Mike Norvell. I actually thought Mike Elko was well deserving of the award. Obviously, I thought Norvell was deserving as well. But you know, Elko, when you take Duke to an to an eight and four regular season and then end up with a nine win season. That's that's pretty damn good for Duke. Like that's that's exceeding expectations. Like FSU should be going ten and two, or nine and three rather. I'm sorry, nine and three. FSU should be going nine and three. That 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 should absolutely happen. So for Duke to go eight and four in the regular season, finish the season nine and four. He Mike Elko absolutely deserved ACC Coach of the Year um Duke is bringing back Leonard Riley at quarterback uh he had 3,700 total yards of offense last season 33 total touchdowns he's he was Duke's lead rusher if I read it correctly um FSU is 19-0 and against Duke all time that's something big to remember here uh when you think about the games against Duke I, I always remember that uh the national championship season and just thinking something was going to go wrong in that uh, ACC championship game because that was all we needed to get to the national title. And, of course, we just blew Duke out of the water. And uh, the last time we played him was in 2020, and we blew him out then too. Played him at Duke Campbell Stadium and uh, beat him 56-35. to 35. And uh, that was Mike Norvell's first year, COVID year. Weird, weird year in college football. But uh, I think the key to this game is going to be just limiting what Le- uh, Lincoln Riley <laughs> What Leonard Riley can do with his legs, make him pass, keep him in the pocket, FSU's key to the game. It's pretty simple there. All right, so next after that we go at Wake Forest. Uh, This was FSU's one. You guys can't see me, obviously, but I'm doing quotations. Their only true loss last season. Uh, North Carolina State heartbreakers should have beat them. Clemson heartbreakers could have beat them. Sam Hartman is gone. He's transferred to Notre Dame. Wake Forest is left with some major questions. This is a team that actually had a pretty decent season last year, but now the question marks are building up. It looks like Mitch Griffiths is going to be their quarterback in week one. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like by the time we play him. This is the eighth game of the season. He didn't see the field much last season. Uh, he went 29-41 of 41 for 348 yards, five touchdowns and a pick, 70% completion percentage. I just I think it's simple if they just play FSU football let the pass rush get the Griffiths, I think it'll be fine. I think FSU goes up there and rolls pretty pretty handily. Next game is at Pitt. Last time we saw Pitt was also in 2020. They came to Tallahassee and dismantled an FSU team that was just not good. Uh, 41-17, or 17-41, if you look at it from the FSU side. Uh, the, both teams are obviously a lot different. Uh, they had Kenny Pickett running the game back then. Dude was an incredible college quarterback. And we did not have an incredible college quarterback at the time. Uh, Both teams are going to look a little bit different, but Pitt's going to look a little different as well. But their starting quarterback is a guy that FSU is very familiar with, Uh, Phil Jerkovich, or Jerkovic. Sorry, transferring in from Boston College, will be. It it looks like he's going to get the nod to start the season for uh, for Pitt if he stays healthy. Obviously, you know, Week Nine. Or game nine, this is hard to predict. Uh, I'm just not going to say that anymore because I sound like a broken record. But, you know, just like last season, FSU's speed and athleticism on defense should be way too much for Djurkovic to uh, to handle. I expect FSU to roll through this game. But we'll see. <laughs> so, next game, Miami. Fuck Miami. 45-3 to season last year. I think we'll fuck them up again this year. They're coming to Doak. We're not spending too much time talking about this poverty school. I'm, I don't. I don't understand the hype. What they're 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 voted to be college football's second or third most improved team going into twenty twenty three. We hear this every fucking year with Miami, and they're just not there. They're not there. They they have nothing. But I will say, on a real note. Just to show like a little bit of respect for a player, rather, I think Tyler Van Dyke will have a decent season. I think he's going to build his draft stock. It's a loaded quarterback class in next year's draft. You got Drake May possibly coming out. You've got Jordan Travis, obviously. You've got Michael Phoenix from uh, Washington. You've got Caleb Williams coming from USC. It's it's a stacked draft class. Oh, uh, well, I, I got to show uh, old J, Jalen some J, Jalen Jaden Daniels. Good lord, this is a little bit harder to do by yourself than I predicted here. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's a loaded quarterback class next year. I think he'll be fired up for the FSU game as well. Almost got us in 2021. Got hurt last year. So I think he'll be fired up. But all around at the other positions, FSU is just 10 times more talented than Miami. And I, I mean, FSU should win this game by two or three scores. Should. But rivalry games are crazy. And we'll see what happens. All right. North Alabama, another game I don't really need to spend too much time on. Just score a lot, score quickly, score often, stay healthy, get ready for Florida. That's, that, that's the key. That's it. So at Florida, you know, going to the swamp is always a tough thing to do. Uh, obviously, Florida was really not good last year. They had, you know, Anthony Richardson, though, who was the, without a doubt the greatest athlete in college football, not the greatest quarterback the greatest athlete in college football. I want to make sure that that's understood by the listeners here because I by no means think that Anthony Richardson was a top-five pick from a quarterback perspective, but he was a damn good athlete. They, I mean, they were able to beat Utah in the Swamp. It's always a tough place to go play. It's never going to be easy. But, man, when you talk about teams having question marks, Florida's got They're just fucking full of them. Uh, it looks like Graham Mertz is going to be their quarterback in week one. I think that's the prediction. Um, a transfer from Wisconsin, he's not impressive. His tape's not impressive. His stats aren't impressive. We know Wisconsin quarterbacks don't typically do well when they transfer out of Wisconsin. Um, ah, man, I just I thought Billy Napier was more of like more of a guy to have a pure athlete at quarterback, and Graham Mertz, obviously an athlete, but not not the Billy Napier type. Like not the guy that you think that would fit. Billy Napier system and definitely not the guy that I thought that Napier was going to go for uh, a lot of people, a lot of forums, a lot of blogs, a lot of uh, sports writers. They all predict Florida to finish under 500. Uh, I think that there's a good chance that that happens, but you know, it's Florida. They're in the East. They're going to have a cupcake out of conference schedule outside of FSU. No, actually they go at Utah, huh? So that's not true. I, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled six or seven wins out of their ass. Napier, he's got a very good recruiting class lined up for next year. He's coaching for his life, it seems, because uh, the Gator fans are kind of already you know, growing impatient, and the Gator boosters are growing impatient for how the Jaden Rashada thing went down. So we'll see how that's going to be handled. Uh, obviously, Trevor Etienne, a very good running back. I think he'll be one of the top running backs uh, in the season next year. You know, right there with Trey Benson from FSU and a couple others. I, I do think FSU handles business pretty easily here, though. I just think we have way too much talent at the end of the day. So that's kind of the back half of the schedule there. Uh, pretty cut and dry for the most part. Not a whole lot more to talk about as far as the schedule goes. Um, I am pretty excited for these games. The, this back half of the schedule is, um, I think it's relatively easy. Getting through the first month of the season will be will be the kicker. So, with that being said, now that we've gone through the rest of the schedule, we've broken down all 12 games, let's get into what I think FSU's floor should be and what I think FSU's ceiling could be. The floor. So listen, the schedule is tougher than it looks at Clemson. LSU, Duke, and, you know, FSU fans, at least if you're listening from a realistic perspective, you always have to be ready for FSU to, in, again in quotations, to FSU a game up. So I think the floor for FSU this season is a 10-2 and two regular season. You know, uh, the specifics of the losses I'll get into in a minute, but I, I think that that's, that's worst-case scenario, at least, from... From the outside looking in, looking at the roster, looking at last season, looking at the schedule, I think 10-2 regular season is the floor. Now, what's the ceiling? I'm really trying not to go crazy here. I hate when the national media hypes up FSU. And I hate it even more when our own beat writers, our own bloggers, our own podcasters that weigh 350 pounds and do it by themselves and stutter all over the place. I hate it when we hype up FSU too much. But allow me. I think FSU has the capability to run the table and make the college football playoff. We have talent everywhere. We've got a we've got multiple projected first round picks going in the next season. Jared Verse has been predicted by many to be the number one overall pick. Trey Benson has been predicted by many to be the first running back off the board. Jordan Travis is a Heisman contender. The, I mean, FSU has athletes everywhere. You got Pat Payton. You've got Central Cypress. I, the, the the list of names goes on and on and on and on. It could really happen. FSU has the capability to run the table and make the college football playoff? Will they? Now, this is where it's going to get a little dicey. This is where, you know, I think a lot of people are probably going to come for me on my next recording. <laughs> and I'll have to address a little bit of flack that I got. My prediction, my my true to the core prediction for FSU in 2023, <laughs> I, ex- I predict... And expect FSU to finish the season with a 12 and two record. Among that will be an ACC championship victory and a New Year's six and a New Year's Six Bowl win. I think both losses come during the regular season. Honestly, I, I know this is going to bother a lot of people. Again, I know that a lot of people are going to come for me, and I'm going to have to address some hate in the next episode, and that's fine. I think the first loss is going to come week one against LSU. And to be honest with you, that, that, that fucking doesn't matter. That game will ultimately mean nothing in the grand scheme of things as long as FSU doesn't get blown out. Losing in week one doesn't mean a fucking thing. The college football is so crazy now. FSU schedule is strong enough from there on out. It, it, losing to LSU in week one is, I mean, obviously it's going to hurt from a fan's perspective, but in the grand scheme of things, if a team's trying to make the college football playoff, I don't think that this would be a terrible loss. And LSU's hungry, man. We beat them last year. You don't think they want revenge? If anybody had a if if there's any team out there who had an off season that could contend with the offseason that FSU had, it's LSU. I I think FSU can win the game. Or I'm sorry, it's LSU. Excuse me. LSU. If anybody had even close to as good an offseason as FSU did, it was LSU. I want to be wrong. I think I can be wrong. I know I can be wrong. I know FSU could beat LSU again. And I hope that they do. I would love to come on here and eat some crow. I love crow. It's delicious. I love being wrong. I was wrong about my Reds. They're a game and a half out of first place as of this recording. It's crazy. I predicted them to win 60 games all season. Here they are in first place. going Or going for first place. So I've been wrong. I love being wrong. Especially when I predict things like this. Um, You know. Maybe those fuckheads in Boulder had a good off season. I don't know. We're not going to talk about them right now. But LSU had a very good offseason. They're hungry. They're pissed off about the way that FSU won that game last year, that blocked extra point. They have a lot of returning starters. They're ready for us. They're going to be ready for that game. They've got air-conditioned helmets too. That might go a long way. It's going to be hot as hell. Now, the second loss. (sighs) This This might be where I get more of the hate especially after what I said a few minutes ago with the back half of the schedule being relatively easy. I think it's going to come against one of the head scratchers. I think it's going to be Duke. We're 19 and zero against Duke all time. 20 and zero sounds crazy. It's a team that the fans are looking at. They, you know, they're coming off a nine and four season. The fans are looking at and going, okay, we have an easy home schedule. Like none of these teams can come in and beat us. And it's always a team like Duke that does when the fans have that mentality. I hope the players don't have that mentality, and I'm sure they don't. Mike Norvell probably won't allow it. Uh, They're coming off a really good year, though, and they're only going to get better. Uh, You know, FSU struggles historically against running quarterbacks, and Leonard Riley's a damn good one. Um, I believe he led the team last year in rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, this could be that trap game. But I hope not. Again, I hope not. I would rather go undefeated. I'd rather run the table. I want to make the college football playoff. Or, you know, if we lose to LSU, we finish the season twelve or eleven and one, and then win the ACC. Probably still going to the playoff. ACC is going to look a little bit different this year. I want to make sure people know that it's not Atlantic and Coastal anymore. It's all set up in pods. You can look up the pods online. Uh, you know, everybody's got Google on their phone. You're probably listening on your phone right now. You just, just check it out. Things are a little bit different. The top two teams are going to play each other, so you are not going to have a a seven and five coastal team playing against a twelve and zero Atlantic team anymore. Those game those days are over. It could be FSU Clemson twice this year. It could be FSU North Carolina. It could be FSU against Duke. We could play Duke twice. It could be FSU Miami twice. It, it, nobody knows how it's going to go this year, but it's going to be a lot different, regardless. <coughs> So before I end this episode, just want to echo a few of the things I said at the beginning of the podcast. Um, Only one recording left, and so we're talking regular season football, baby. August recording, it's going to be sometime in the middle of the month. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm done dropping dates. I feel like I've dropped the ball on that. I just do it when I can. Uh, obviously, when the season starts, I'll record after every game, except for maybe the Southern Miss game. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, but that August recording is going to be one final look at the predicted depth chart, and uh, you know maybe some individual statin award predictions for FSU. Uh, I'm open to having some guests on that one. So if you're listening and you you think you might have some time on a Saturday in August to to hop on uh, hop on your computer, hop on your mic, and have a conversation, then by all means, I'd love to have you. Um, Another quick note, like I said at the beginning, going to Disney the week of the Southern Miss game, Um, I'm trying to borrow or buy a laptop so that I can record remotely. If not, I expect FSU to roll that game, so I might not do an episode that week. Maybe I just cover two games the week after. We'll see how it goes. But, guys, all in all, one recording left before the start of the 2023 Florida State football season, and I just... Could not be more excited, man. I think this team has so much potential. It's weird. It's been a long time since FSU fans have gone into a season with this much excitement, with this much hype, with this much hope. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. I'm excited to take this journey together. Let's go, Knowles, and I'll talk to you in August.